Hey everybody, welcome to Elder Speak, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. You're listening to issue number 49. I'm your host, Randy, and with me as always, I've got Gavin with me from the news. I'm never going to leave. And as a very special guest this week, we've got Will back with us from 8BitX, um, here to, you know, bless us with his lovely radio personality voice. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And Gavin, you have whipped us up yet another lovely batch of news to discuss. Um, I, let's get started. I always deliver, Randy. I always deliver. And let's start off fun this time. Let's start off with Nolan Bushnell. We all know and love him. Uh, original head of Atari, going to be the subject of the Atari movie, supposedly played by Brad Pitt when it comes out. Should be interesting. But it, that's not our news about him. Our news about him is that he's returning to Atari, the company that made him famous and the company he subsequently ditched around the time of the great arcade fallout of the early 1980s in the States. He has returned to its board of directors, um, varying opinion about how much he'll actually be involved in game production. But it's always nice to see a good name back with a, you know, a good company that we all know and love. So what do you guys? Um, I, I think uh, Will here has a, a, an interesting factoid <laughs> about Bushnell. Care to Absolutely. enlighten us? Um, <laughs> Nolan Bushnell is a creator of, of, of Atari and whatnot. And also, the creator of Chuck E. Cheese. That is true. Indeed. I, I just find it hilarious that, like, you know, created video games, always wanted to have some place to play video games, more social, more out in the public, and also something to generate revenue. He created Atari, and then went on to create Chuck E. Cheese. Which, it's as elder geeks, it's hard for us to go into Chuck E. Cheese's by ourselves and say, I'm just here to play the video game. <laughs> they, they, they were the only ones to perfect that pizza from Ninja Turtles that you always saw them eating. That, that is sh- true. Three... Ugh. Yeah. Oh, I my, guess yeah. <laughs> life in my colon has said move on, but nostalgia keeps bringing back to that glorious, glorious cardboard. But anyway, Bushnell is back to Atari. Uh, Randy, you got any thoughts on this? Do you think we're actually going to see anything beyond this with Bushnell on Atari? No, but you know what? It's actually a really good move on Atari's behalf. I mean, we were saying before the show, Atari is absolutely nothing like it was when we were kids. Right. But, you know, at least Atari is still Atari in name, and now that Atari is having Nolan Bushnell go back to it, it's a little bit more than just name. So who knows? Maybe they'll be cranking out some good stuff again, you know? Hey, who knows? Okay, let's move on to another developer, another um, one of the most beloved, if not the most beloved, of all time in our industry, Shigeru Miyamoto-san. And um, surprise, surprise, he never plans to retire. Um, he uh, recently did an interview with Games TM, the uh, famous European magazine of sorts, and he said that he may reduce his capacity in terms of any sort of editorial or producerial, I think that's a word, um, involvement <laughs> in games. But he never plans to just pack it up and quit. So, yay from everybody. I'm pretty blasé about the guy. What do you guys think? <laughs> well, go ahead, bud. I've got I've got my little diatribe I'm sure I'm going to go into as normal. So here's the thing. Uh, Miyamoto never really wanted to design video games. He always wanted to be a toy maker for, for children. And I think... I think it I, shows. <laughs> well, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it... it and that kind of perspective is what the industry needed at that time. And still today, Miyamoto can just do whatever he wants, basically. He can go and be like, I'm executive producer of this project, of this project. And he has free reign. So by him never retiring, you know, I'm not surprised as far as what we'll get out of Miyamoto. I think there's really with the with the way the Wii's going, we're going to get some more of the same of his, his older stuff. I don't mm. think we're going to see anything new. I just think he wants kind of control and yeah. be able to put executive producer on things. Not that he's phoning it in, but I just think he, he wants the position. Hey, yeah. hey, Will. Hey, Will. Yo. Will. Miyamoto. Say it with me now. Miyamoto. Oh, Whatever. it's all right to say Miyamoto. <laughs> like, when we were kids, I'm sure you said Ryu when you were playing Ken and, uh, you know, Street Fighter. I, I said the dude. Do. I said the dude in the white and the dude in the red. I didn't. I didn't even know their names. So really? I, I played Super Street Fighter too. No. Or even Ninja. Ninja. Uh, I. I still have to watch myself. I almost. I still almost say Ninja Gaiden. I still almost never say. played it. Never played it. I. I think I inadvertently avoided all of those uh, childish pitfalls of pronunciation. <laughs> you, if it was if it was ambiguous in the pronunciation, you were like, I'm not even going to touch that one. So, Gavin, <laughs> until you play Ninja Gaiden, you can't tell me what to say. 
Um, as far as back back on the Miyamoto topic, though. Um, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, he, you know, though, to be honest with you, come on, he's Miyamoto. He's not. It's not like he's in the in the testing room. It's not like he's he's in the coding room, and it's not even like he's in the damn design room. He's going, hey, here's my idea. Go make it happen, and then mm-hmm. show me. I, I'm not calling him lazy or anything like that. It's just his position. He is, you know, he's in charge of such a really powerful company. To think that he's down in the nitty gritty with with the you know with the worker bees is is kind of silly. And people in that high of position generally have a little bit of cushier jobs and. You know, of course. you know, so yes, he will probably never retire. Even if he did quote unquote retire, I'm sure he would be like a Nintendo senior fellow or something along those right. lines. He'll like be a consultant, right? Yeah. Yeah. He'll so. probably be on the board of directors or yeah, or on the board of directors. So I don't think anybody's going to be seeing the death of Miyamoto until he is absolutely physically unable to leave his home. And Miyamoto. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Miyamoto. <laughs> Hey, as long as I get a Star Fox again out of him on the Wii, I could, um, I'm fine with it. <laughs> but yeah, a blase about him. Let's move on to another guy. Speaking of cushy, uh, up there jobs within development, let's talk about Hideo <laughs> Kojima-san. And another surprise, surprise announcement from our, one of our most, uh, fa- uh, famed developers. His next game is gonna challenge taboos. Next meaning after Peace Walker. Next after Peace Walker, yes. The unannounced title that he's working on, we don't know exactly what it is. It may be, and this is not, uh, Metal, Metal Gear Rising or whatever the, uh, write-in specific title is. This is an unannounced title. So it could be anything. Could be Xenogears. Could be a completely new IP, but it's going to challenge taboos. He has mentioned nothing beyond that, and it's a Twitter post, so we're taking it with a grain of salt. But it's, it's opened up the door to, uh, many possible interpretations. What do you guys think that could mean? Are we going to get our first rape and incest game? I hope not. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> um, he, he's Kojima. I know everybody. He's like a sacred cow, but in my eyes, Kojima is starting to turn into just another Peter Molyneux. He's a Japanese Peter mm-hmm. Molyneux in my eyes. Ooh. Yeah. Look, man, the guy who made God uh, brought us Super Tecmo Bowl cannot do wrong in my eyes. <laughs> so, you know, it's just one of those things where. I think he's trying to just build up press. It's exactly what he's doing. It's a PR kind of move. It's going to challenge Taboo. But, you know, a new Xenogears would be hot, man. I'm sorry. But that would be... hmm. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they do that. If they want to come out with some sort of Dante's Inferno game, you know, okay, it's been done. But, all right, uh, rape away and get the press (laughs) after you. So, whatever. One of our users, Corn, actually brought up a pretty good comment saying that uh, he's been showing some reboot or uh, interest in rebooting Snatcher, and he said that that would actually be delving into the whole racism uh, taboo. Hmm, and, and to be good. honest with you, we we don't talk about the racism taboo much in gaming. No, and so I think that adult there, games, yeah. yeah, it's there, but they don't they don't confront it in games. I, I think adult themes are good for gaming. You know, we've seen a lot where the industry has taken on this whole new demographic of uh, of, of the Wii demographic, the, the women and, and the older people. But as far as the people who Nintendo first cultivated and everyone in, in the industry now in that good demographic of 18 to 35 or whatever it is that are buying the majority of the games. I don't even know if that's correct, accurate from whatever. My point <laughs> is that <laughs> we, you know, you can do adult themes within video games. I think things like Silent Hill uh, prove that. And we're not blind to the fact that we can, you can make money off of things and you don't have to shy away from everything by shooting or, you know, blowing up things. So, yeah, I'm for it. Yes. Adult themes. Whatever. Yeah, Heavy Rain touched on a lot of adult themes, sort of. Yeah. In essence, yeah. Maybe that little Kojima touch could be kind of nice. Yeah. He has, so. he has that kind of self-effacing, um, self-reflexive, breaking the third wall kind of humor that could maybe soften the blow of some of these taboo topics. So it's a, it'd be fun to see what he does. Yeah. He, At this he, point, we don't know. Like you said, he's kind of mollenewing it right now. He is a bit... Did we just have something in the background or something? No, no, no there's nothing in the background. Okay, I uh, thought I heard like a high-pitched squeak. No, no, that wasn't my wife coming home at all, no. <laughs> okay, what do, you, uh, what do you guys say we move on to our next topic then? Sure. Looking forward to whatever Kojima comes up. But uh, let's move on to Xbox Live, which could be getting its own TV channel. 
That means dedicated in, uh, independent shows, rerun shows, syndicated shows, new programming, or, um, old programming. It's possible. And uh, we've been getting uh, reports of talks from Peter Chimmon. Uh He's a former News Corp president. And um, he's been he brought the idea to uh, Microsoft as a dedicated channel package that could be both on the 360 and on regular television. We have nothing beyond that, but it's very interesting. So what do you guys think? You guys uh, want these kind of uh, console centric TV no. shows? No, I don't. No, <laughs> no, not at all. And I'll you don't, tell want the, you, you don't want you don't want the tester on national TV. No, you know. Do you know what the tester reminds me of? And and I hope there's people out there old enough to get this. The tester reminds me of remote control. <laughs> remote control was the first non music show on MTV, and it was the beginning of the fucking end. You know, and MTV has not been the same, and it will never be the same again. So that is what I see the tester as. The tester, to me, in my eyes, was remote control. The only video game that should be on television is Smash TV. <laughs> wow, that takes me back. <laughs> you know, and I think we saw this with the Sega Channel. You remember the remember the Sega Channel? I don't actually. They had this channel where you could play video games on it, and you could like hook up your. I didn't have a Sega, so I didn't have it. But I remember like they would just they would distribute new games over it, kind of like before the internet. I mean, this is before the internet, so. They had a, a way that they would distribute games and demos and stuff on the Sega channel. So, being that Xbox Live and and we have a PlayStation Network are are the big broadband bringers of entertainment, you really don't need a channel because you know who's going to sit there and realistically turn off their Xbox if they're a gamer and watch people playing Xbox. <laughs> I mean, not to criticize the idea, but G4 kind of already did that. So mm-hmm. you're asking people to turn off this the the product which you are making in order to watch people playing. Uh, it just a if you can make money doing it and whatnot. I just don't see how it's going to really fly. Sony, I could see because they have the distribution network and they'd be like, all right, tonight on the PlayStation Network, we're going to play Spider-Man. You know, like okay, but. Microsoft? I don't know. I don't see it. In all fairness, um, South Korea has a very profitable professional gaming circuit where people can turn in to watch StarCraft II tournaments and, and the like, so it can be done. This is a theoretical possibility. Will it work in the American market? Like you said, I can't see people turning off their Xbox or even just flipping through the Xbox to watch people doing what they themselves could be doing. So I don't see it. Uh, Randy, what about you? Will and I have been talking a lot. What do you think of a uh, Xbox Live channel? I, I still, I, I just don't like it. I don't like the idea of it. it it's, um, you know, this is just, I think it's the natural progression of things, though, because mm-hmm. TV is becoming more like computers, and computers are becoming more like consoles, and consoles are becoming more like computers. And so it's just this, I guess it's one step closer to, you know, all becoming one merged unit. I don't know. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. It's changing. I'm afraid of it. Darn it. <laughs> hey, I, I, I liked Nick Arcade, so I, I think this could possibly work. But, hey, we'll we'll see what's happening. We have nothing about it as of right now, so take it with a grain of salt. But let's talk about something that a lot of people think is a grain of salt, the 3DS. That, of course, is the new iteration of the DS model uh, portable gaming system from Nintendo, uh, which, of course, has 3D capabilities. And we have two stories on here. I'm going to combine into one because I'm amazing like that. First of all, we have a report coming out from What Japan Thinks, a rather um, self-explanatory website, that says that only 8.8 of polled current DS owners, which, keep in mind, current DS owners in the Japanese market means pretty much everybody, say that a 3DS is a must-buy for them at this point in time. Also... We have reports coming in that the 3DS is um, unexpected and kind of bad marketing reveal, considering that the uh, DSi XL had yet to be launched in the States at that time, um, was actually not Nintendo's plan and was more, sort of forced from a uh, larger community just to get it out, um, especially since the DSi XL, the LL, which is the XL version in Japan, had already been released. So a lot of news stories about the 3DS, but it looks like until we get a, the major Nintendo marketing push that we all know and love, it's not looking good right now to most consumers. What do you guys think? I think unless we actually get a demo, 
you know, to hold in hand or anything like that, or if I if I get a chance to actually go play one somewhere in a store, I'm really dubious as to what the 3DS can do. You know, like I don't I don't know how 3D it can really go. Um, I don't know. I I I would like to buy it. I would like to play it. I don't know if I'd be a day one kind of person, but it's definitely pretty cool in my eyes. I, I do think it is shitty that Nintendo kind of announced the 3DS or, or slipped the announcement of the 3DS before we even got the XL. I, I, they kind of got thrown under the bus by, like, CNBC or something like that, didn't they? Um, I'm not exactly sure, but, yes, uh, CNBC was involved in terms of the 3DS's initial announcement. So it's very likely. I mean, all of this, again, is um, unconfirmed. There's no way to really confirm it unless Nintendo comes out and says, okay, here's the record log of all the people we talked to and bitched about about the 3DS. Yeah. So so this is all up in the air. But, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of possible avenues for them to get pressure from in the Japanese market, and CNBC could be one of them. Uh, Will, do you have any thoughts on the 3DS uh, or any of this uh, controversy about its announcement? I, I, You know, I don't really care how things get released or announced or whatever. That, that's all water under the bridge. Basically... From what I've seen of 3D, I'm all for it. And I didn't think I would be saying that. I'm not a gimmicky type of person when it comes to gadgets and whatnot. But I saw 3D at PAX East. And mm. NVIDIA rolled out this technology, and we interviewed the guy. Uh, and we saw it. You put on these 3D glasses, and it is the next generation of gaming. If Nintendo can pull off 3D where you don't need glasses... <laughs> and you have the two screens maybe as projectors coming up, and you see holographic-type things, this is going to change the game. you know. And I don't think Nintendo gets into things like this without them knowing what they're doing. Hmm. So, you know, I'm going to sit there, and I usually, unless I saw this in person, I wouldn't be saying this, but I think this will be, and I know people are going to say this, but it is the next generation, the new dimension in gaming, if you will. I just see it. (laughs) I hope so. I really do. I, I, I hope it's not a, a flop like uh, their first 3D um, console. <laughs> the Virtual Boy. <laughs> you know, I, I ran into someone who owned the Virtual Boy, and uh, you know how you used to have to like you know play it and be at that awkward angle? Yeah. He said something I didn't even think was possible. He's like, I used to lay in my bed and just have that like on my face. So, yeah, I've heard of that, actually. People would like terrible. balance it. I'll tell you that what though. When I was a little kid, I wanted a Virtual Boy so freaking bad. I saved up my money forever, and by the time I actually had enough money to go buy it, it was gone. Yep. <laughs> it was. Oh. It no longer existed. Hey, at least that's a good way to get let down. If I you had purchased so. it, I'd imagine it would be a much sadder story. True. If you had True. actually got all that money and then finally purchased the product and it had been let down so severely. But you know. <laughs> All this talk about 3D being the next gener- uh, the next revolution in the industry, I don't think so. I have a story here that may top it. Do you know what the industry needs, Randy? Do you know? Is it? I'm not going to say what it is because it's perverted. But go ahead. <laughs> it need it it needs a new Tony Hawk game. It does. Oh, oh yeah. One of them was just announced. That's right. Uh, seemingly unfettered by the release of Tony Hawk Rider, the subsequent lombasting of the game across the critical spectrum, we have a Twitter announcement from Tony Hawk himself talking about Tony Hawk Shred, all capital letters. Um, we have no details beyond that. It should use the peripheral, other, uh, otherwise they're not going to get any long-term value out of it. But it looks like we can't escape the Tony Hawk game. Randy? Uh, huh. So I think I'm stealing the comment, I think, from Mott's. When, when, I think he's the one who said, just throw him in Skate as one of the characters and call it a freaking day, you know? <laughs> I, You know, I just... Skate, I is, clearly, skate is clearly the better skating game at the moment, you know? Yeah. If well, people are tired of his old hack. I think they just need to go back to the drawing board and, you know... Maybe give people a refund for, you know, and that, you know, you want to see people use a peripheral for more than one game. So, I mean, I think that's all this is. It's more, if you will, shovelware to the peripheral. And uh, I'm sure that there are kids are out there who are enjoying it and loving it. And, And that's great. And it's just that, you know, it's so hard to to put a peripheral out and have it be so bad. 
and then stand behind it and be like, yes, we're doing it again. And like, oh, you look like such an ass. <laughs> so, uh, it pains me because like Tony Hawk games were like the pinnacle of skateboarding games on any any console and to see it fall so far from grace it's just for me it's painful it's just oh it's just bad it's kind of like watching Infinity Ward fall from grace yeah oh, but they haven't released oh, anything but they you know it's not like they're coming out with like <laughs> Modern Warfare 3 and it's just like it's like a 2D shooter or something you know it's just <laughs> I don't know. I personally think they fell pretty far from grace compared to where they came from. They started off as a no-name kind of company, and they did Call of Duty 1, and then Call of Duty 2 was pretty badass, and then they got full of themselves with Call of Duty 4, and then they released Call of Duty... What the fuck was it? 6? Modern Warfare 2? Yeah. Sorry, that was was a bad game in my eyes. Bad game. Randy, you know you can't bring up... Infinity War without it opening a can of worms with me this these past weeks. It's always done that, and now you're going to suffer through it. Randy hates this story. He's done with it. I ain't <laughs> done with it because I love it. It's the story that keeps on giving. It is the story of the year. I'm calling it right now. We got more Activision Infinity War Respawn Entertainment stuff because we know you love it. We know. you. Know, we know. Who's your daddy? Eldergeek.com as you know it. We got more people leaving IW. We're at 26 people leaving the uh, leaving the Infinity Ward company, and these are people from significant positions here. 26 in total, and recently, just in the past couple of days, that's 10 more that have left. Respawn, of course, has been picking up these people, picking up their former colleagues. That's natural. This is the studio founded by the fired Vincent Pella, Jason West, former execs within the company. So it's now only natural they're picking up these former cohorts. So now they've picked up 11 of the 26, and considering Infinity Ward was about 100 people strong at its peak... 26 is a significant portion that's been torn from it. And despite this, Activision has not spoken of it recently. They did give us a little bit last week when they said that they're handing out the bonuses that were originally intended for Zimpel and West. That was what the uh, what the lawsuit was over. They're handing out to the people that are remaining at Infinity Ward. So kind of nice for Activision just to like ground little bits of salt in that wound. <laughs> more and more people are leaving and being picked up by Respawn. And, they're, and keep in mind, Respawn's at... Activision's biggest rival, Electronic Arts. So this is like a soap opera. I'm loving this shit. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> I, Randy, you hate it, but you love it. Give me, give me the, give me the skinny man. Where, where are you on this? I, I really do hate it. I, I mean, I really do. Like the, the initial terrible controversy existed with, um, you know, with the first couple of guys leaving, with the first couple of guys leaving under those, those very inauspicious circumstances with like the, uh, you know, what, what they've described as like bouncer-like men coming in and asking them to leave, and and then them countersuing. That I think was the whole story. Now we're turning this shit into like Paris Hilton and you know that other useless woman. Um, what the hell was her name? Richie. Nicole Richie. Yeah. You remember when freaking CNN and Fox and and like every news station would just not leave those two alone? That's what we're doing with this. Oh, it's a Tiger please. Woods. It's turned into Tiger. Is, it's no, turned no. into Tiger Woods. This is not celebrity here. Come on, give give us some credit here. We are not we are not tabloid journalism here. You're really stomping all, all over is, my ass here. Like, all this is, like, and I'm going to say it right here. Taking a steel pipe to my testicles right now, Randy. It's hurting you. Come on, give me a chance. This is significant business practices here. This could really significantly mess up the current uh, the current business model of the industry. These are the two biggest companies competing over the company that gave us the biggest launch ever of the uh, the most. Highest selling game in recent memory. I mean, this this isn't just you know some couple whores that dressed up and spent daddy, daddy's money during a weekend. But it is because here's what you have, right? So you have the two biggest players in the game. If you can't convince me that this wasn't some sort of collusion going on here, it's a PR stunt. That's all this is. It's, Whoa! It's, wow, absolutely. you think it's a PR stunt? Oh, absolutely. Man. Because I can't get behind Brett, that. When 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 Respawn Studios releases the first game, it doesn't matter what the hell it is, but people are going to go out in droves and buy it because that's all they've been hearing about for the past six, eight months is because, oh, Infinity War guys are now at Respawn. It's the whole, uh, when, when everyone left, like, ID and they built that other studio, it's all about PR. Every news cycle, every week, oh, there's more people leaving. This is, I just see right through <laughs> See, I got I gotta say this though, Gavin. Uh-huh. If there is if there is one good thing that it's doing for the industry, um, it's the fact that companies like Activision uh, need to learn that they can't take advantage of their employees. 
Um, yeah, straight. You know, I, I, on the flip side, you know, it also means that companies that kick a whole lot of ass like Infinity Ward can basically walk away and and possibly write their own checks at a you know a bigger company like Electronic mm. Arts. So there's there's two ways you could look at this. You know, hopefully this I hopefully this is going to come across as the industry wide learning its lesson that you know. Uh, Take advantage, you know, don't take advantage of your, of your very, very valuable and highly talented employees. Hopefully it's I a lesson so. for everybody. I hope so, but I just can't see this as a PR stunt. Or is there going to be major benefits for Respawn Studios? Of course. Come on. This is basic capitalism here. This isn't hard to find out. But we have a major company losing its major studio to its major rival. I just can't imagine this what Activision said. You know what's going to be really good for our business? Shipping <laughs> off our best developers to our rival. Yes. <laughs> Success. Genius. Yeah, it's, oh, you don't know. You don't know the kickback money that was sent in there. You just oh, don't okay. know. Okay. So this is less of a um, uh, of a PR stunt and more of a, contro- uh, a controversy or a conspiracy. I see. Well, no, it's it's a PR stunt coming. because Activision's going to try and start the one world government. I see where Will's going with this. I can see his line of logic here. It's all <laughs> yeah. in the Da Vinci Code. I'm yeah. I must be crazy because I think people both sides are going to profit from it. Oh boy. I yeah, think Activision's going to profit from this. I Activision think already did profit from this. They haven't paid their employees the, <laughs> you know, the big pile of money that was owed to them. So they already did profit from Although it. Although they're they're all getting a couple lawsuits for it. So those still we haven't heard anything from the actual lawsuit side of this thing. You know, the whole thing that started it. I'm so surprised if we're not sure true. we're not sure where Activision stands financially from this. They could win the lawsuit and win all that cash. But as of right now, it does appear from a layman's perspective that Activision's really sour on the deal here. They came with the short end of the stick or just like a twig, whatever you want. (laughs) But I say it's fun to watch. Randy's sick of it. And Will thinks it's the plan towards socialism. I have no idea what he's thinking. I think we're we're moving on. I think we cover the full spectrum here. It's awesome. I think we do. I, I, this is why we have Will on. Factoids and whacked out tinfoil on the head conspiracy theories. Fantastic. And normally I'm the one with the bad theories. You are. Or the one that's just going to, you know, throw out really, really controversial things like sexism, which is either way, it's great for us. It's, it, it gets people. But what My do you say? credibility is right through the roof here. No, no, you have plenty of credibility. You really do. You really do. What do you say? Let's calm down a bit with a pretty, uh, uh, let's two pretty non um, non story stories kind of here. Just throw out here. Guinness Book of World Records has confirmed Modern Warfare Two was the biggest entertainment launch in history. Big freaking whoop. Um, we didn't know that. We haven't known this for the past you know couple months since it was launched. But they got the numbers. They they do admit that the price difference between a movie and a game is pretty significant, but um, they are reporting that it made $401.6 million in its first day. Oh, and the only ones that took come close were, come to think of it, other game launches. Grand Theft Auto 4 in, uh, last, uh, excuse me, 2008, $310 million first day. And Halo 3 in 2007 with $170 million first day. Wow. So, damn. We, I don't think anyone could ignore the video game industry now in terms of profitability. I don't <laughs> think that anyone has, but... God damn, that is that is pretty significant right there. That's a lot of a lot of cash. Um, yeah, does anybody really give a shit about Guinness Book at all? <laughs> like from video games? No. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. But I mean, they they kind of act as the official, like, oh yeah, it's official now. Yeah. They act okay. as a, a stamp. So I mean, that's kind of nice. They're fine for for like Yahoo News. Okay. Like Guinness <laughs> officially announces this, that, and the other. Okay. I I don't think anyone in the industry is surprised, but I mean no. those numbers are just wow. You know when you when you release something that grosses more than Avatar, which you know, wow, <laughs> in its first day. Like, wow. That's yeah, that's that's insane. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. So rock on us. I mean, it's just nice to get that stamp that everyone else gets. It's just kind of like another way that the video games industry is becoming as mainstream as everything else. But again, yeah, like Randy said, it's a stamp, people. We knew it. We knew it since November. We still know it now. But congratulations to everyone involved. And god damn, that is a huge ass sum of money. Did we get any portion of that, or because my check hasn't come yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's from Activision. Right. We don't get paid. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. 
Just just laying it on thick, Will. I love it. I love it. What do you say? I don't think we can stick away from courts too long. Let's go to one that uh, actually has been off the radar for a couple months. That's the um, Fallout lawsuit between Bethsoft, the current owners of the Fallout license, and Interplay, the original developer. We had a lot of contention between these guys because Interplay wanted to re-release and, um, their old games, Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout Tactics, and work on an, un- on an MMO project, Project V13, which is revealed to be a MMO within the, um, I believe, Elder Scrolls universe. So yay for them. But a lot of contention there, and Interplay originally won the original injunction put upon them by Bethsoft, who didn't like the fact that they wanted to re-release their old materials. And um, Bethsoft has, after that, um, threatened to appeal the suit and appeal the injunction and try to turn it again and just get it to be re-looked at by the courts. But we have recently announced this past Tuesday, um, yesterday, um, that Bethsoft has dropped the suit entirely. It's done. It's... uh, so Interplay has full range over its old materials and to work on the MMO project, although Bestsoft has pretty much hinted that it ain't over. But for now, Interplay seems to be uh, back on top. You guys, any old Interplay fans, Fallout fans? Boy, Anybody? they haven't really done much since Fallout. They did Boogerman and um, Sacrifice, but boy, they... They're, re- they're re-releasing um, Earthworm Jim in HD on Xbox Live. That's actually going to be kind of cool. Indeed. But. Will, you uh, you part of the '90s gaming scene at all? <laughs> part of the yeah, yeah. Um, it's just that. Uh, what have you done for me lately? I mean, wow. <laughs> Earth. I mean, not for nothing. I know everyone has to evolve, and I hate that AKI went away from wrestling games is now making like cute dress up your dog video games. But at least they're still in the business. Like right, right. It, it seemed like Interplay like went away came back and said, hey, we make games, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think know, that was actually their motto. Hey, we make games, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, if they can come back with some Earthworm Jim stuff, I can't, I cannot be mad at all, um, <laughs> which is which is fantastic. But, you know, come on, people, get them, make something new, you know? <laughs> it's just... I, Will, I'm totally with you, man. This is totally one of those piss-or-get-off-the-pot kind of situations. I'm glad that Bethesda made, you know, Fallout, you know? Everybody's been screaming for it since the last Fallout game. Why Interplay didn't, you know, snap out of whatever they were doing and, and make it is, is beyond well, me. If you, yeah. if you thought 3D Realms was it was in the muck and mire in terms of lawsuits and just legal troubles and just PR problems, Interplay was deep in the shit. They, um, they had problems for a long-ass time, even within themselves, even when Fallout came out. Yeah. I mean, these guys have never been able to step away from a controversy, and it's just been a long, long, strange trip for these guys. The last couple of years have been this lawsuit alone, and they haven't done anything since, if I remember correctly, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance on the PS2 and Xbox. <laughs> wow, that's a it's long like, time. Um, I was watching that American Picker show where they go through and take people's old junk and re, you know refinish it and sell it and whatnot. Yeah. It's like they got like a whole barn full of games, and someone comes in here like, "All right, can we take this?" You're like, "I don't know." You know, I used that like 20 years ago. <laughs> Come on now, just let it go. Just if you're not doing nothing with the franchise, just ask them for like, "All right, pay me like you know some finders fee or something." Just get the hell out of here. <laughs> wow, that could be what's happening. But for now, Interplay. I mean, this does say think this does seem to reason that they're going to be doing something with the old fallouts. Maybe they're going to be re-releasing those in HD, which would be amazing. But they've won, so let's see what they do with it. But are you guys ready for another common sense kind of story here? Sure. Sims 3 coming to consoles. No shit. No shit? No shit. We got um, we got announcements for PS3, Xbox 360, Nintendo Wii, and Nintendo DS. Basically, every system except screw the PSP. And of course, this is pretty uh, pretty common sense because first week Sims 3 was on store shelves, 1.4 million units. That's about 88 million dollars in sales first week. This is profitable, and they're just doing the common sense kind of thing. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, you you were a resident Sims 3 addict. What do you think? You're going to be picking up any uh any or multiple versions of this just to continue your fix? No, no. Like I said, I I, I don't need to fall off the wagon again. Uh, now that I've actually cut my uh cut my Sims 3 addiction finally. It, it is really a badass game. It's it's fun. It's simple, you know, and it's rewarding as you're playing it. So um, you know, the, my only question is, 
I don't know why it took them so long. When when they launched yeah. it, they launched it simultaneously. I think they did it Mac and PC were simultaneous releases, and I think iPhone as well. Um, I, I'm just really surprised that it took them this long to put it on 360, PS3, and, and uh, Wii. Yeah, it's almost, right it'll be you. almost a year since its original PC release. And yep. this is after their um, expanded content called World Adventures. Yep. So, oh, and they're it's also not- getting another upcoming expansion pack, so there's probably going to be included in the console versions. Oh, yes, they will. We confirmed that. So, yay for them. Will, what were you about to say, bud? I'm sorry. It, it's kind of crazy because, you know, most games go the other way. So they'll release on the, on the consoles, and if people like it enough, they'll go on the PC route. I yep. think the big appeal with The Sims is the customizations that you can do and yeah. the add-ons and, oh, I can download this town. I can, I can modify Gavin's uh, house and bring it into my neighborhood and that whole thing. With, with I, you don't get the same kind of thing on the consoles, you know. They have the downloadable content. That's all well and good, but you really are missing that customizable. You, know, you can reskin oh, yeah. somebody, or you can add a new outfit that you design yourself. And really cutting your teeth on the way that games work in the Sim, Sims realm. So mm-hmm. for it to come out on consoles at all, in a way, I'm surprised, but I'm not really. But oh, yeah. the time length. It's like, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, Sims 2, I think, did okay on, on... I think Sims and Sims 2 and the whole Sims 2 series did pretty good on PS2, but... Honestly, and GameCube. With, and GameCube. But, like, since PS3 and Wii and Xbox 360 are all internet-capable, you know, the sharing possibilities among friends and family and stuff like that is just unheard of. Um, and, and, of course, let's just be honest... Consoles are way more friendly, you know, user friendly than PCs are. I love PCs. Oh, absolutely, I'm a oh, absolutely. huge PC gamer. But it, this is a this is a user friendly game. To put it onto a user friendly console and to have it, you know, let you be able to share your creations and stuff with family and stuff seems like a no brainer. I I think that in the end, if they get the controls down right, the console version of the of these games are going to be the ones to own. No I think that's where that's where you're coming from. The controls you really have to narrow it down because you're because The Sims is the penultimate PC franchise outside from the MMO market. Mm-hmm. You think PC, you think Maxis, you think Sim everything, and you think The Sims. Yeah, real time strategies, MMOs, and The Sims. Yeah, basically you uh, and most of those you can see trans um, RTS. They're still working on it. Halo, uh, Halo, eh. uh, but Sims. You're uh, going from that 52 customizable key, beautiful kind of um, structure and going to the uh, controller has been kind of finicky in the past. They've worked it well with the GameCube. I didn't really play it on the PS2. So, I mean, there's an apprehension. I can see whether they released it on the PC first. Um, I don't know why they took this long to do it, but yeah, it's an easy couple million units across these platforms once they get it out there. No problem. I I, I would personally get it on the Wii, um, but uh, my biggest issue with the Wii would be, like, I, I really do like my high def, you know? <laughs> really do, and if they make this motion control, you know, capable with Natal or or Move or or anything like that, damn, they're they're gonna have something hot in their hands. How do you control the sim? Well, not the Sims, but like actually controlling where your your cursor goes on screen, or you know what items you're picking, because that's that's really the tougher part is like you know your inventory management and you know and all that kind of stuff. It would kind of be like Minority Report. Yeah, it would. It would be like Minority Report exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I think for I'm God. <laughs> I think for the Sims on the console, it, you know, if I was thinking like if I had a kid of a certain age that was playing like Viva Pinata, and the Sims Three was announced, like that's the next evolution of like, all right, we're going from like little farm games, so now here you have a house, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and I think that would be the evolution. Why it took so long again? But maybe they were seeing would it hold the PC market? It's held for a year. We can now go on consoles mm-hmm. and really flesh that out rather than doing a simultaneous release. That's the only thing I can really think of is giving the consoles the proper attention they need. You know? True. Yeah. And you guys bring up a good point of the motion controller packages. There is probably no better guaranteed way to sell someone a box than to put the Sims in it. Oh, you have, yeah. you have audience with the Sims you have nowhere else. You have audiences with the Sims and, um, than you, that you don't have with Hannah Montana games. I mean, this comes packages with entire demographics. So if you can, if you can say... I got something where you don't even need a controller and you get the Sims. 
million, millions of units sold. Yeah, you can millions play Millions of dollars in your pocket, guaranteed. You can play The Sims on your TV at the, at, and use it as the same thing that, you know, plays your Blu-rays or something like that. Yeah, that would, that would just sell like hotcakes. So, Absolutely. By the way, Gavin, uh, Hannah Montana, so 2009. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I'm sorry. Uh. <laughs> They're always popular, right? Okay. Hannah Montana. God damn you, Hannah Montana. Although, I, that was probably one of the funniest moments of E3, being in the audience when the Sony conference started talking about Hannah Montana PSPs. Because everyone started laughing like, you can't... Because uh, they're like, you come into our house and bring in Hannah Montana up in this bitch? Hell no, you ain't. It was uh, It was pretty awesome, but... What do you say? What do you say we round out this time? We got one more story, a big one. This will probably be a nice discussion starter to round out. Randy, Sounds you ready? Good. Yeah, I'm ready. Hit me. Hit Let's me. talk about the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Uh, yeah. You know what? I don't want to go first. Let Will go first on this one. Let me, uh, I'll I'll just uh, announce the issue, get it going, so people know what we're talking about. But the Supreme Court of the United States have announced the decision to hear from both sides of the issue of banning or at least restricting the sales of violent video games. This would mean that it would be illegal, punishable by fine, or term of, term of imprisonment. All of this, of course, is up in the air. For anyone that sells violent uh, video games or video, video games above a certain rating to a minor. And while common se- uh, this does seem kind of common sense, the federal regulation part has kind of upset a lot of um, First Amendment enthusiasts and, well, Everyone, everyone in the country is a First Amendment enthusiast, but definitely mm-hmm. First Amendment attorneys and stuff like that. There have been a lot of similar cases in lesser courts across the country, and they've all been turned down. This vote is coming up because Governor Schwarzenegger of, of course, our native, uh, my native state of California, I'm sorry to the rest of the nation, by the way, has put it up to the Supreme Court after it was uh, thrown down in a lesser court just because of, you know, his own personal issues. Um, well, his own per, um uh, political issues, in addition to his personal issues, I'd imagine. But um, Will, you seem to you seem to be chomping at the bit here, getting in. What do you think? This is one of the most ridiculous things that I've ever seen in my life. Note that the case is called Schwarzenegger versus Entertainment Merchants. How do we even know about Arnold? We know of Arnold because he is an entertainment mega star, okay, who made his name in violent movies such as Terminator 2. Terminator 2 turned out to be a very good video game for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, Arnold goes on to say, we have a responsibility to our children and our uh, communities to protect against the effects of games that depict ultra-violent actions uh, just as we already do with movies. Really, Arnold, did your movie, was your movie marketed towards children like your violent video game was? Because your violent video game was marketed towards children in comic books talking about kick some liquid metal butt with showing this the uh, T-1000 getting blown to pieces just as it does in the video game that you have your name on and that you took 20%, 20% of the revenue, Arnold, from game merchandise for Terminator 3, like your pinball video game, which has a gun for a trigger to start the pinball game, which you made money on. Now, it's okay because these were video games. It's okay because the SNES was cartoony, right? Is that what it is? Do you not have responsibility towards the children who are playing these games because you're profiting off of them? No, this is completely different. (laughs) These are M-rated games. Well, I'm sad to say, Arnold, that your movies have less stringent rules than the video game industry does right now, and I hope you're satisfied. I could go on, but I want to... <laughs> I'm both scared and wanting a cigarette at the same time. I'm, uh, I need... have no idea where I am right now. You need uh, a hug and a high five all at the same time. <laughs> I think I think I need a pat on the shoulder and a towel. Right. Um, okay, I think I can follow that up. I'm gonna try. Uh, I don't know if I have that much anger in me personally ever. So, um, thank you. Uh, Thank you, Will, for reenacting the uh, the the climax of the movie Network. I gotta but, make um, myself to laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we completely agree with you, Will. Uh, it's just wow. 
uh, there's going off on a tangent, there's going off on a rant, and then there's doing whatever the hell that was. But we appreciate it, and we're on with you here. So rock so, on. That was pretty badass. That was pretty we badass. I, you know what, though? On the flip side, to play devil's advocate here, it is really, really shitty that we seem to be doing a pretty bad job of actually keeping, game, you know, ultraviolet video games out of kids' hands. Is it the store's fault? I, I don't know. I'm not in the store while, like, eight-year-olds are wandering in with, you know, 70 bucks in their hand and, and going home with GTA 4. You know, at the, at the same time, it's, I don't know. At the end of the day, it should always be the parents' role, you know. Absolutely. And it, it pisses me off when government has to step in to uh, parent their children for them, you know. So and I don't, Yeah, and I just don't think this is – it would set a very dangerous precedent if this would become the case for the video game industry because it is not the case in every other entertainment industry. Not to this extent, not to this specificity. It is extremely dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the beginning of the downhill slope that people are really worried about. It's not the morality of it at all. Nobody, no, wants, nobody no. wants kids to be playing violent video games. And no, we don't want little kids to have the rights to buy video games. It's it's nope. the it's the slippery slope that this will begin. That's the problem. Absolutely. And I mean, hey, to example, play doubles, yeah, go ahead, Will. Go perfect ahead. example is you know we wanted to play Mortal Kombat at a party I was having. My parents took us to the store, and uh, I was young at the time. I was you know of age to play that game, but they looked at the game and were like, you know what? No, I don't think you should be playing this. You know, and I was pissed off and whatnot, but you know. That's an idea of parents being parents. You know, they they came in and said, you know what, I'm going to say no to this. Hey, and, rock you know, on to your parents, at, man. Yeah, and I mean, it sucked because <laughs> yeah, like street yeah. fight. You know, but <laughs> the the point being that you know there's this, there's always going to have that one kid on the block who's going to have the game that you want to play that you sh- that you aren't allowed to, right? Mm-hmm. But in no point should any sort of court. I don't care what country you're in. You know, no court should come in and say, hey, I don't like what you're showing on your TV. Let me turn that off for you. Like, that mm-hmm. is bad. Right you know, now. I don't care what you believe in. That is terrible. So, mm-hmm. mm. I think uh, I think the problem here, as it has been in the industry for decades now, is consumer education. I mean, p- uh, parents don't have the same innate respect for the medium that they have for everything else. And I'm not saying that parents need to be carrying signs and fighting for video game rights. They see video games as insignificant in comparison to their children's absorption of other media. So when their kids go to um, go see a movie, they're more inclined to look at it. They're more inclined to look um, to analyze it because they know of the cultural effect and cultural value of movies. But when it comes to video games, they're like, eh, it's a video game. Or and it's um, at the very worst, it's like just go do whatever you want. At the or at the very best, it's just do whatever you want. At the very worst, it's like I don't trust them at all. It's just a matter of education. We have right. the rating system in place. We have the stores. I disagree with Randy. I think a lot of the stores are very good at saying no. You're not old enough to buy this game. Yes, you have to get your mother. No, I'm still not going to let you buy this game. It's my store. I have the right to refuse service to anyone. You're four years old. You're not going to be playing uh, Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah. Oh no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't saying they were doing a bad job. Like I said, I'm not in the I'm stores not, if it, to, to witness whether it happens or not. I I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it all comes down to education. That's what's going to have to happen, and that cannot be federally enforced. That's just go. That's just going to have to happen. And I'm for a. I'm, I would prefer um, a six, uh, you know, one out of every thousand six-year-olds playing Grand Theft Auto 4 and getting mentally fucked up for the rest of his life rather than federal, regula- federal regulation on everyone and every, every parent because they can't do it themselves. Yeah. I well, would prefer that scenario. The other, the other thing is we also have to keep reminding ourselves that you know, the media always has to, ha- has to have something on the, um, you know, on the blaming side. Yeah. On the blaming um, side. When when we were growing up, it was music and, you know... Yeah. Marilyn you, Manson in particular. Marilyn Manson and gangster rap and pretty much everything else. I, I remember going into, like, you know, uh, The Wall or, or Tower Records and stuff and actually trying to buy music that, that had parental advisories on it and actually getting shot down, which is great. Mm-hmm. But there, it still didn't stop it from being, like, regular news pieces, you know, on TV, so... And, and I don't recall if it became a federal court case or anything like that, but uh, hopefully yeah. this will all pass, just like so, music did. So on the music tip, it started with the Dead Kennedys, and then it went to Two Live Crew, and then it went to you know NWA. Holy yeah, shit, Two Live Crew. 
<laughs> niggers uh, with attitude. Then it, uh, you know, it went. Uh, were niggers with attitude the one that did uh, fuck the police? No, that was Ice Cube or I'm yeah. sorry, Ice T. Ice T was the one, <laughs> that was the single that got it. So I mean, yeah, yeah it went from NWA to fuck the police, which, eh, and then moved on to Marilyn Manson, and then it went from uh, rock. Kind of that became the hybrid. But it just shows that there's a trend here, and we're just and video game industry at the very worst just needs to ride it out and hope for the next technology. Which I don't know what it's going to be at this point. I mean, someone needs to come up and invent you know a kind of technology just to be a glutton for punishment for the video game industry, so we can mature like we want to and need to. Yeah, comic books and rock music. Now it's video <laughs> games. Well, the funniest yeah. thing is um, back in the day, Joseph Lieberman said that Atari's oh, night driver, right? Atari's Night Driver was too graphically advanced that people wouldn't be able to tell the difference between driving at night and running over people who were escaping from um, cemeteries. They were zombies, right? And regular uh, people crossing the highway. You know, I love you, Joe Lieberman. I love you so goddamn much. And always, always, a, always a source of political amusement, that man, especially these days. But, of course, we also have Clinton, who is Secretary of State now, so that should be interesting how that factors into it. But I think in the end, we've already expressed all the possible opinions on the spectrum. You know where we stand, and I think we're done here. Let's close out the news. That's all for this week, folks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, wait, wait, before we actually close out, let's do some real quick pimping real quick. Oh, be sure as always, yeah, be sure as always uh, to listen to the show every every Thursday on 8bitx.com. And uh, I think that's it. Thanks, Will, for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> all right. Have a good week, everybody. See ya. Yahoo! You're all clear, kid. I love Total Carnage! <laughs>